This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, transparency is a much more important term in the scope uh, of uh, business these days, and it is something playing out in so many areas of operations. It's also playing out in the discussion around climate impact. The Securities and Exchange Commission will soon unveil a new rule around climate disclosure rules. But going one step further, California Governor Gavin Newsom will also be bringing forward a pair of bills at the state level. An opinion piece on the site, The Hill, looks at the importance of this move by Newsom and what might also be playing out over in Europe. Eric Ortz is professor of legal studies and business ethics here at the Warden School, one of the authors on this piece, and he joins us here in studio. Good to see you. I think this is the first time we're doing a face-to-face interview since... Since a while, yeah. Since before the pandemic. Great to yeah, see you. Yeah, I think we saw it. Yeah, I th- it's great to see you, too. I, I didn't even know you still had the same studio location. I'm glad to see it's still here and, and still and, going and, strong. And we've built it up. Yeah, it's great to see. Great to see you. All right, so let's start. Give us the backstory on this article that you and your colleagues put together. Uh, and what basically amounts, from what I read, about a growing uh, level of of greenwashing that might be going on. Yeah, I think the the backstory of the origin of the piece uh, is that I was visiting at Columbia Law School last summer and I was teaching a course and there was very high student demand. These were um, LLM law students uh, for looking at ESG and social impact investing kinds of issues. And in any event, uh, it was in this context that I uh, met, uh, got to know, I had already know, known uh, the work of Michael Gerard, who's a professor at Columbia and is the director of their climate center. And he had called my attention to the fact that California was again moving forward with two laws that are specifically focused on climate disclosure and transparency, as you're indicating. Right. So I started to look into it then and uh, we wrote a first piece saying, hey, we think this, we looked at the laws, this is a good idea. The legislature, I think the House had already, the Assembly in California had already passed it. No, I think, it, uh, sorry, I got it reversed. The Senate of California had passed it, Assembly passed it. Anyway, long story short, we wrote a piece kind of advocating that we think this is generally a good idea. And then just Saturday, as you just mentioned, the governor signed the bill. So yeah. the assembly, so it's now law in California. There are a few caveats that the governor added, including uh, making sure that we're looking at what the financial impact of this new requirement is. Okay. Obviously, if you have to do new disclosures, that's going to cost something. Sure. So you want to look at, are you getting a benefit from this um, new information and transparency requirement or not? But the Bottom line is that there are two new bills, um, which I can describe to you briefly if you'd like, uh, that are passed by California and will likely have um, what David Vogel, who's a professor at Berkeley, has called a California effect. Okay. And what that means is if California passes a new law, and for example, on auto emissions, yeah. if you're a big auto company and you want to sell in California, you're going to basically move to that standard. Right. And so we expect uh, that the same thing will happen here. If you want to do business in California and you're a big company, you're going to have to conform to the California standards. Now, we may have some legal challenges I could also talk about if you want, but the general sense is I think it's going to withstand 
legal challenge, and it will become de facto the law in the United States. And then once it's the law in the United States, of course, it, it will also, or once it's, once it's, it is effectively the standard, that is going to mesh with developments, as you mentioned earlier, too, in the European right. Union. So a couple things off of that. One being the, fa- the importance of this being passed at the state level and the importance or the strength that it can have, as you said, a- across the country and to a degree even across the globe, because you'll certainly have multinationals that, that are doing business in California that will have to follow uh, the rules of the state. Uh, and, and just in general, how important at times we're seeing state legislation have a, a, a greater impact than federal legislation in many cases. Yeah, well, I think one of the things that you see here, at least in the climate space, is that the Congress has pretty much been stuck in the mud for sure. the last several decades on this issue. And so there's incre- if you want to do something about climate, with respect to a legal uh, legal approach, you're looking elsewhere for the moment. Now, right. developments like you see in California and in Europe may then add pressure for the government to actually step in here. Right. If ever we see an agreement coming forward uh, in Congress on this issue, as you mentioned also at the top, uh, there's also an important regulation that everyone's been waiting for now for over a year, and it's been promised in October by the SEC. So the Securities and Exchange Commission has said it's going to adopt a new regulation on climate disclosure also. So that would add um, another dimension to this, and we can talk about how that's working. But in a way, the California statute, we think, I think, is more exciting because it is broader than the SEC. Right. So the SEC covers only public reported companies, um, and the California law up, up applies to any company. It's making more than $500 million a year in, one, in the case of one law yeah. and over a billion dollars in the case of another law. So this isn't hitting the small businesses that so we have to worry about uh, you know, some huge effect on them. Um, and the second uh, difference is that the California law requires disclosure or will – it's it's phased in – it will require disclosure of what's called scope three indirect emissions of greenhouse gases. So a quick way to understand that is that a lot of companies already report their basic emissions profile with respect to the company itself. Right. You do your own car- carbon footprint, et right. cetera. And then the second phase is you, you take account of your electricity. So Penn, for example, is doing a good job, and we won an award, I think, by the EPA at one point, of buying our electricity from wind power more and more. Right, you right. see Google, Microsoft, the same, other companies also saying we're committing to reducing our, our load that way. Scope 3, though, then takes into account what happens indirectly from the suppliers, the suppliers you're getting, what is their carbon footprint, right. and, then most, and, and then very importantly, the customers. So under the just direct emissions, if you're an oil company, you just say, hey, we're doing great because we're reducing our carbon footprint of our actual operations. But then you're not taking into account the fact that if you're Exxon, as you had on the the segment earlier, what about all the oil and gas that's being burned by your customer? That should be part of what you're reporting to. And California goes there. So how much of a challenge is it for companies to – truly gauge what, I'll use the term downstream impact, of what that downstream impact is from all of those other entities. 
Yeah, it's a very good question. And the California law makes clear that what they're looking for is not some super specific uh, accounting of this. But the, there is more and more uh, expertise developing to estimate what's your reasonable sure. impact, right? Sure. So you can pretty much know where the oil is going uh, when you once you've processed it, uh, yeah, discovered, processed it, sold it on. Yeah. The, it's not hard to make that calculation of that oil then gets burned right. in gasoline, uh, gasoline co- internal combustion engines, and that's gonna you can estimate what that effect is. So there's some things you can do relatively easily, but you're right to raise the question that it's not easy to know exactly what the amount is. But what we will start to see once this comes online is that the bit, the indirect footprint of an oil company is a hell of a lot larger yeah. than the impact of say, you know. Um, another kind of company that's doing supply or services or something like that. What's been the reaction in California and maybe even more so uh, to the companies doing business in California to these new laws coming forward? Have they been, you know, gotten on board with this? Because I asked that, how strong are these laws in terms of, uh, you know, withstanding potential court action? Yeah, well, that's a good question. So the first, uh, first, uh, the first answer is, that there's a little bit of a divide in the business community as the California law was being uh, proposed and going forward. But you had uh, one difference this time as opposed to the summer before when the law was proposed but was defeated is that you had very big companies including Google, Apple, Microsoft, Salesforce. And so, you, as you would expect, you have Patagonia in favor of it. But mm-hmm. you also had very big companies based in California that were in support of this regulation. Now, on the other side, you also had the Association of Western Petroleum, the West, I'm forgetting the exact name, but you had the, you had the oil companies in association against it, sure. right? So millions of dollars were going in against it, but uh, so you have a divide. Um, and I think, um, as you also suggest, there's going to be likely a legal challenge. And the, the main legal challenge will probably be that this is an extraterritorial law. What right does California have to impose its standards on what we should report on everybody in the country? You know, you, you don't right. have the right to do that. And there is going to be an argument about that. Now, I think it's going to be difficult for the Supreme Court to say that this is not allowed because they just had a, a case in May uh, called the National Pork Association case where California had a law that imposed a standard of how you treat pigs. If you're going to sell pork in California, you can't be cruel to the pigs. Sure. And so there was a challenge to that because a lot of pig farmers are saying, why in the hell can California (laughs) tell us what to do? (laughs) Yeah, right. And the problem is the same one here, right? California, if if it was an independent country, as you also were alluding to earlier, it would be the fifth largest economy in the world. Yeah. And so if you are a pork producer and California passes this law and it's allowed to take uh, place, then you're kind of stuck. You have, to, you have to comply with that standard unless you can get it knocked out. So they took it to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court said, sorry, but California has a right to regulate in this kind of area. And so your remedy, if you don't like that, you can go to Congress. And Congress can say, here's the standards for pork production, and we are specifically overruling California. And you could do the same thing in this case, but I don't think, you know, with a divided Congress, 
you're not going to that's not going to be an avenue. So you will see a, a lawsuit on this, I expect. But my own view is that that's much stronger than, for example, if the SEC comes out with a very strong climate rule that also covered these indirect emissions that we're talking about. My guess is it would be very vulnerable to a legal challenge because of a new doctrine that the Supreme Court has announced called the Major Questions Doctrine, which mm -hmm. says that the SEC's jurisdiction should not extend beyond looking at what's financially material to the shareholders sure. and starting to require someone to report about climate. At least I think it's material, but other people might think sure. this is not the kind, same kind of material that most investors care about. So the right. SEC is out of its lane and we're going to strike down the regulation. So my guess is that the SEC regulation will be relatively narrow, will not likely include the scope three indirect emissions. Mm -hmm. um, and so you'll still have, even if it goes into effect, which would be good news, it will not be enough to, it will not be as good as the California standards and the European Union standards. I'll finish up by going back to, I use the word transparency at the top of this. Yeah. And that becomes, I do think, you know, I'll get your input on it as well, a very important component here because for such a long period of time, there was not enough transparency. So when you're talking mm -hmm. about issues like this, and there are other ones as well, having this documentation, having this information come come forward, uh, it, it is a benefit to so many aspects of the public, the government, et cetera, yeah. to be able to have that, that level of transparency uh, of these companies, both public and private. Yeah, absolutely. That's correct. And another uh, good, uh, another point to make with respect to businesses who may be looking at what side of this is, are they going to be on is I think there are real benefits for businesses because already they're under a lot of pressure to report about sure. their climate impact, et cetera. And one of the problems out there is that we have a zillion different standards that businesses are, are choosing from. Right. You have a lot of uh, consultants, accountants, others coming and saying, hey, let, let's do this plan or that plan. And so what this will do, or at least what I would see transpiring, is that the California and the EU standards are going to mesh over time. So you'll have a uniform transparency standard right. of like, okay, on climate, here are the details of what you have to do. And I think that will actually provide some benefits for business so that they don't have to be spending so much time deciding what they're going to do, what standard they're going to use, what consultant to listen to, et cetera. Right. You're just going to look at, okay, what does the government require? And you might have some lobbying about what's good or what's bad on that, but it's going to be an overall improvement of uh, the information that we get. And you're right also to point out that it's not only investors that care. It's consumers, it's the governments who are involved, sure. and it's everyday citizens. Um, they're going to want to know what's the, what's the climate profile of the different companies that they do business with. Good to see you again. Great to see you, too. Thanks for inviting me in. You, too. Eric Ortz, a professor here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.